Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is uh, Jim, along with Sid. Welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast. Just watch the Queen be dethroned if you're a big figure skating fan. I happened to be on live. I don't know if Sid saw it. I just had it on my TV. And some what Russian happened? One. Uh, the Korean uh, Kim Yuna lost her gold medal to some Russian. All right, well. <laughs> but it was live. It was, it was fun to watch. I mean, I'm not a big skating fan, but... To watch it live and to watch Johnny Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski and um, Johnny's in a black blazer and some some kind of gold silver necklace and he has gold braids in his hair and his hair looks like it's blonde and black with, with blonde streaks in it. So wow, he's very elegant for the women's final. Or I'm sorry, the ladies' <laughs> final. Totally, I, I've watched so little. Olympics, and, and part of it was the Michael Sam stuff that came about, but most of it has been I'm just not interested. I went I went to turn it on last night, and I you know it, it was like a few minutes of bobsled, and I'm just yeah, I just don't care. Well, it's better to watch. I mean, I, I tape a lot of it because it's on such a terrible time in the morning, but to watch something as it happened is just vastly superior. And I love watching the cross country and the biathlon because they're races. And to to not know what happened because I don't look at results, it makes it such a better sporting event. It's watching a live sporting event. I watched the men's final in skating last week because uh, I'm here in the morning. And, again, because it was live, you, it was a different feeling than watching it taped on broadcast where you, NBC almost telegraphs it. Now we'll do a profile of some Russian we weren't going to do a profile of unless she's going to do something big. So you get a sense, oh, something big's going to happen because – you know, this Russians being featured. Um, but, yeah, part of it for me was Michael Sam taking some of the air out of it. But I think the time difference just for some reason just sucked this year. It's 12 hours from L.A. And so in uh, London, everything would be, you know, midday here. And we were able to watch it, you know, online or something live. But now, it's unless you want to get up at 4 in the morning, it's tough. Well, it was the same thing in China. It wasn't much better. It was... Remember, well, except in China, uh, there was there was live events happening um, on West Coast, you know, daylight hours because of the time difference. Uh, because so well, NBC, they wound up having stuff that would be in China in the morning, so it would be in prime time on the in America. So in 2008, I, I, I watched a lot Coast. of stuff live. I was in the East Coast, and there was there was there's not much live. I mean, I remember sitting in my hotel room in D.C. refreshing. The, the the browser for to what kind of quote unquote watch Matthew Mitchum the the results anyway come through so no I'm talking about that Michael Phelps almost all his races in 2008 were live um, in America regardless it's uh it's we're in the middle of the Winter Olympics and or actually the end of the Winter Olympics they go so fast but yeah there haven't been a compelling gay story which has been really kind of interesting given all the build up to the Russian gay laws. Well, but this is what we said. 
we talked about this, how, how once the competition starts, the focus is going to be on the competition and people can jump up and down and scream and that, 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 that we should be paying more attention to LGBT Russians, but the news of every day is the results from the Olympics and that's what people talk about and we can try to force the issue on the media, but the media has covered this, uh, covered the LGBT issues a good amount. They continue to cover it, but the focus and the energy is all around the athletes, and 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 that's where it should be. That's where the news is being made. It's this is what the Olympics are for, and and that's what you know. That's I, so so yeah. The, the the LGBT stuff is just kind of fading into the background. Well, in part because, I mean, and athletes rightfully aren't going to talk about this in the middle of a competition. Some, we've had, what, 40 of them. We had a list of 40 allies, so to speak, who said stuff before the games. But once the games start, I don't blame them. They don't want to talk about this. And there's, but there's, if there's no news, there's nothing to report. I mean, it was a funny bit on Stephen Colbert where he had Scott Thompson, um, fl- you know, over flamboyantly go to Sochi and look for the protest zone, which is you know, eight miles away, <laughs> and it's right. just funny, but the only thing you can do is mind humor out of it because there's nothing going on. And I've been AP, looking for, what's that? AP had a story out of the out of Sochi's gay bar, and the story basically said but the vast majority of people in the gay bar the night the reporter went there were other reporters because every country has shown up to do a story on Sochi's gay bar. So reporters will wind up interviewing other reporters like, oh, you're a reporter, you're not a gay person, and so it's actually pretty funny that there's, Everyone's looking for the same angle, and there's, there was really no angle once they started. And the Russians weren't stupid enough to, you know, what mass or you know, if they shut down the Sochi gay bar during the Olympics, it would have been a big. That's the kind of stuff that would have got attention. But I don't think they even want to. Again, I understand Correct. that there were problems there, but I keep hearing from from people who are there, and people who are like Ryan Zifferman, who's writing for us, who was getting on Scruff and and other social media sites and meeting gay people that it's just not as bad as the West has made it out to be. It's not great, but it's not this place where you can't be gay. And so I'm just not sure the Russian government even wants to shut them down. Well, I do think from what I read is much worse in the provinces and in the hinterlands. I mean, there's already been an editor for a paper fined for literally running a story about an openly gay high school teacher who then got fired when the story came out. So it sort of has this thing like in the U.S. where maybe some of the urban areas, there's there's much more of a don't ask, don't tell thing. But in other parts of Russia, it, it really can be really horrendous. Yeah. But in Sochi, nothing was going to happen anyway just because the Russians aren't that stupid. You know, because well, we like you said, to... all everyone's doing is focus is on, is, on, is on the sports. And once this competition starts, you know, we have a Ryan Zipperman has done a great job. He works for Fox, for Fox, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, he's been out and about. But he even talked about that one column where he had trepidations about telling these people, in essence, he was gay. He also talked right. about Scruff finding them a great hardware store because people knew the hardware store no one else, you know, that was the locals knew about. So, Well, we have somebody joining us now who who's going to talk to us more about the LGBT issues in, in Sochi and, and Johnny Weir's pink outfits. Uh, Bill Browning is joining us from Bellerico Project at Bellerico.com, one of the big uh, LGBT blogs on the net. Bill, how are you doing today? All right. How are you? Fantastic. Here with Sid Ziegler and Jim Bazinski. We're talking about um, the, the, the coverage of LGBT issues 
in, in the Olympics and, and how the, the, the focus has, has turned toward the athletes now and, and the results. Are you seeing a lot of stuff still being written this week about LGBT issues there? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, Johnny Weir is hot this week. Uh, we still have people wondering why a lot of the Olympians aren't making the, uh, what was it, the sixth symbol that folks wanted them to, as well as covering all of the arrests that are being made in Russia around LGBT rights. Well, so one of the things that we talked about is, you know, we've said from, from day one that, that, this, that this was going to be the case, that there, that there wouldn't be athletes en masse making protests and that there wouldn't be a, a lot of coverage. The focus would be on the athletes. Do you think that there hasn't been enough, that there, there should be more, that, that the, the, the country should be focused more on LGBT issues and less on the athletes who are competing? I don't know that I would go that far. I didn't really think that many of the Olympians would be flashing the number six either. Um, they're there. To, they're there to compete, uh, and that's that's where their head is. And I don't blame them. If I'd worked my entire life to be there, that's where my head would be. Uh, do I think that the coverage in the United States of LGBT rights has been too much? No. Uh, has it been enough? Probably not, because you can never have enough. But I have. I have liked how I've seen so much coverage in the mainstream media outside of just LGBT outlets. Uh, this has really been talked about quite a bit now, uh, for the past month at least. Uh, and it's, it's kind of nice to see that issue moving up the ladder, if you will, to becoming important to most Americans. Well, uh, do you think that this is going to all disappear Monday when – the media all leave Russia and whatever happens with these anti-gay propaganda laws, if they're going to be enforced regularly or selectively, basically we kind of move on and uh, find the next big thing. Well, I think there's some truth to that. Uh, you know, one of my main criticisms of the constant attention being paid to Russia as versus some of the other countries, uh, like India, for example, which just or Africa. Yeah, Africa, of course. Uh, is that, you know, with with Russia, it's awfully easy to hate on Russia. We have a Cold War history with them, uh, and they're just foreign enough to be considered not as good as us and white enough for us to give a darn. So it's it's kind of interesting to me, and I really think after the Olympics, it'll die down in the mainstream media. Uh, I think the LGBT press will continue to cover it, uh, as we have from the beginning uh, for years now. But I think a lot of the mainstream interest will drop off. I think, though, uh, there's been rumors that Russia will uh, bring back the bill to ban any adoptions by LGBT people and potentially remove children from the homes of LGBT couples and parents. Uh, and I think that might stir some more interest back in the mainstream media. Other than that, I think it's probably going to die down. I think that ball is really in Russia's court now on how far they want to press just being anti-gay. And the reality the is, is there's not much, to me, not really much a gover another government can do other than protest. I mean, we've seen in Africa where the laws are, I mean, if you want to quantify much worse than Russia, they're actually killing people or jailing people. Um, there's really not much anyone's doing to them other than wagging their finger. Well, and to be clear, though, and, and to be fair, in Russia they are also jailing people, and there are people that have died, although it's been vigilante justice, not Correct. government. Correct. Yeah, uh, my, my distinction was, was governmental-sponsored, you know, where in Africa you literally are, you know, they are jailing people and 
in some cases uh, where they have Sharia law, um, putting them to death. I mean, sort of by 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 official sanction. So I think that's what I'm saying. That Africa, if you want to quantify, is worse than Russia. I mean, it's, it's easier to be gay in Russia than in Africa by a mile. But there you, know, you go. That's, that's not saying much, but still, you can be gay in Russia and not have that constant fear that in Africa, literally, families are turning on their people. And every week we hear about some new you know, someone who spoke out who's found dead or beaten. Yes, yes. Yeah, if you want to, by the way, if you want to call in and you're listening, the number to call in is 347-945-7834. Something off of what Jim said about how governments really, there's not much they can do other than wag their finger. This is kind of my perspective of, of Johnny Weir. I know Bill and I were getting into it on Facebook, and I said, you know what, let's just talk about this. My perspective is, you know, people want Johnny Weir to say this and say that, and and I just don't understand if he does any of that stuff, which he doesn't seem to want to do. Uh, he wants to use his clothing as a, as a demonstration. What good comes of it? What I mean, is, is, is Putin going to suddenly say, oh, well, Johnny Weir doesn't like it, so let's change the laws. I just don't know what good comes from this push for Johnny Weir to, to hold a press conference and, and denounce Russia and their laws. But, but, Bill, what good is going to come of that if that happens? Well, I don't think that it's necessary for him to hold a press conference and make a big deal out of it, uh, you know, challenging anything. But I think as he's on air, he is more than capable of speaking about some of the issues that are going on in Russia as they're doing commentary. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, as a gay man, I, th this is horrible. But that's not what Johnny has done. Uh, instead, Johnny has gone on television wearing a Russian uniform, which, you know, as you could see today, I think there was the photo of uh, the Russian soldiers whipping the members of Pussy Riot while wearing the same uniform. And he's standing in solidarity with the Russians. And he is saying that it's just not important. It's not important to him. He's going anyway. He's I mean, because let's be clear, he's getting paid. He doesn't care. And he has that history with the LGBT community of basically saying, I don't care about you. I'm all in it for Johnny Weir. And I find it really hard to believe that wearing a pretty little top or, you know, a nice pair of pants is any form or shape of activism. That's dressing nicely or dressing loudly but, or flamboyantly or however you want to discuss it. He's putting on a shirt and pants. And that's sure, all but, that he's doing, and that's all that he's ever done is put on his shirt and pants to cover himself up. But again, so, okay, so he during the broadcast, he uh, mentions that he's gay and that he opposes what's going on in Russia. What outcome comes from that? That's what I'm not understanding. Is, is How is that going to change anything? I think it's important that some of the commentators speak about what's actually going on. Are they going to but change haven't anything? They? I mean, they, they have. There is no they? magic there is no magic wand, but Johnny is the most prominent, most well-known gay individual who is working for a major network, the official sponsor of the Olympics, and he's keeping silent. I don't see that as any different from silence equals death in the days of ACT UP. Well, I think that, to me, that's hyperbole, and I have a more, probably, I probably come down between the middle of you two guys. I don't think Johnny Weir doing skating commentary should talk about gay issues in Russia. That's simply not the place to do that on when he's broadcasting it. That would turn me off even. I want to hear him talk about skating. I think he has other venues to do it. What bothered me about Johnny was 
he's all over the map on this to the point where I think he's ignorant of actually what's going on in Russia. And that's my problem was prior to the Olympics, he probably gave three or four interviews where he said three or four different things, depending on the day of the week, he thought the laws were bad. He didn't think they were a problem. He was afraid of getting arrested. He wasn't afraid of getting arrested. I'll get arrested and thrown in jail. And so to me, what bothered me is he seemed to take it rather lightly and not educate himself on exactly what these laws say and don't say. So maybe he can say something that, that he said, okay, I said my piece and I'm done with it, but he was kind of all over the map. Now that said, once in Sochi, on the broadcast, that's simply not what any network wants anybody to talk about. You don't want people talking about abortion or capital punishment or that stuff during an actual broadcast. Um, so I guess I kind of I'm kind of mixed on Johnny. Um, I think him being out there is a good thing. On the other hand, I was frustrated by some of his pre-Olympics, you know, ramblings. I would call them because they really weren't coherent. Well, and I think it's important to realize that it, it depends on your definition of making a statement. Just yesterday, Johnny was wearing his hair in a braid that he said was uh, a traditional Ukrainian braid to stand in support with the people in Kiev in the Ukraine. Now, he has no problem standing in solidarity with the people of the Ukraine by going ahead. I mean, and he says that it's you know his, his clothing that is making the statement. But he actually made a statement about his hair and said it is to stand in solidarity. He's not said that about his clothing, that, you know, I'm dressing like a stereotypical gay man to support. That's not what he has said. But he actually specifically said, this is why I'm wearing my hair in a braid. He can't do that for LGBT people. Why is that okay? Why why does he say that, that, think that that's okay as versus standing up for his own tribe? Well, it's, I think this is, again, who – I feel like I have somehow understood where he's coming from from day one. And and all the people saying that he, you know, he's not gay or that he won't come out, for me, he's always been out. And this is how he's always expressed his sexual orientation. Yes, he, he finally was pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed for, what, six years and finally said, yes, I'm gay. But for him, this, he's always felt that his – He's worn his sexual orientation on his church slate because for him, that is how he expresses his sexual orientation is through his dress. And and I think that to, to say that he's not making a statement, I mean, I don't know of any straight sports commentators um, who wear those kind of clothes uh, on national television. There's one guy, Jim, who's the guy in, in Canada that, that wears funny clothes? Don Cherry. Don Cherry. So there's maybe one other guy who does that. But but for Johnny, it is an expression of his sexual orientation. I just I just personally don't need him. I mean, we all know he's gay. He is gay. Well, I just don't need him to say, I'm wearing this pink jacket because I'm gay and in solidarity with gay people. Well, and I think, you know, going back, to your column where you took offense to Don Lemon calling Johnny uh, that he was performing a minstrel show. And that's really what he's doing. And, and I think that's what you're arguing is okay, is that by wearing bright and loud clothing and dressing like a stereotypical gay man, then he is obviously gay. And so therefore it's okay. He's sh- expressing his sexuality by his clothing choice. Um, 
that doesn't make an activist. That doesn't change anything. That doesn't help anything. The only thing that I would say that that does is lets him wear what he wants on television. Big deal. That, that's not expressing your sexuality. Uh, I wear a lot of t-shirts. But for him, but for him it about. is. For him, it is. And I didn't have a problem with him calling it a gay minstrel show. My problem was that he said um, they don't represent all of gay America. For me, he does with what he's doing. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't represent that to me. Not at all. Um, to me, what I see is that we have Russians who don't understand LGBT people who are dealing with some really outdated stereotypes like gay men or pedophiles, you know, uh, all the just crazy, horrendous, awful stuff. And Johnny Weir goes out and says, because I'm wearing spangles and sequins and dressing like a stereotypical gay man, then obviously everything is okay, when really all he's doing is just reinforcing stereotypes that that is what a gay man looks like and acts like and is all about. Now, obviously, one person can't represent an entire community well. But I think saying, you know, if I went to Russia and saying, well, I wear a lot of T-shirts, therefore, that's, you know, my statement. <laughs> well, that's just As long ridiculous. as they're tight. <laughs> it, right. It makes, it makes no difference what I'm wearing. What matters is what comes out of his mouth, what he believes in. And I think I, I'm justified in saying, as I did on, on your Facebook page, that Johnny Weir's history with the community is very Liberace-esque. He's obviously gay. He's flamboyantly gay. He denied it for years until finally he came out and then says, oh, it's not a big deal, and I really don't care about those gays. He never denied it. it That's not true. He never denied well, I get, it. That's not true. Uh, he didn't deny it. I no, thought he, he, I thought he, he, I, he just he didn't address it. Oh, he just did the skirt around it for a while. Okay, he yeah, did well, the skirt Jeff, around can, it. Can... <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Can I jump in here? I mean, I'm, this is an interesting debate because you, you guys are on on the opposites. I, I my problem again, if I have a problem with Johnny, I don't think he's particularly does care about these issues. I don't sense that. Now, that doesn't mean he has to. I, you know, maybe being himself is enough for some people. I was just frustrated again by his almost lack of curiosity about what these laws were. To one day saying, I'm, I don't want to be thrown in jail, and the next day saying, I'll gladly be thrown in jail when no one was going to throw him in jail. And so it came across to me as just kind of uncurious, like, oh, there's these gay, these new laws or whatever, and I love Russia. And so that's my frustration with, with Johnny on this, but I'm not sure that everybody has to be the activist we want. And, you know, um, what about all the closeted guys who are competing right now in the Olympics? None of them have come out. We don't have a single man who's ever come out while competing. Um, we would have had oh. one. of. And so it's, so I get more, in some ways, as much frustrated by them, but I, I do, you know, as much as I love Johnny as a commentator, I don't think he particularly cares about this stuff. Well, and I think part of it for him, uh, and, and obviously this is just armchair psychology, but I think it's his own inner homophobia. Uh, you know, he didn't want to actually say that he was gay. He doesn't want anything to do with gay issues. He wants to distance himself as far away from that as possible. He's always participated in a sport where most of the, you know, ice figure skaters are, I mean, I mean it's a generalization, but most people seem to think that they're gay. And he has seemed to have wanted to distance himself as far as possible from the LGBT community for most of his life. And 
again, I, I see that kind of as Liberace. He, he's willing to make a buck off of us, and he's willing to make a buck off everyone else while quietly portraying himself as, yeah, I'm gay, I just don't talk about it. I, uh, I have a friend uh, that's in show business and regularly talks about how he doesn't want to be seen as a gay man working. He just wants to be a singer. And why do people always want to talk to him about if he's gay or not or what he thinks about these issues? And my standard answer to him is nobody's asking you to be an activist. But if you're asked about it, at least answer honestly. Don't try to skirt around it. Don't try to get away from it. Because, you know, my friend's big thing is I don't want to be known as a gay. Well, that's the same crap that Johnny Weir is sending us. He doesn't want to be known as a gay or that's what he stands for. He's all about figure skating. You can be both. Well, one interesting piece to this whole thing is that he's married to a Russian, and and he mm-hmm. and, uh, and and he's spent a lot of time in Russia, and he and he's talked a lot about how much he loves Russia. It's interesting that you say that your friend doesn't have to be an activist, yet you're kind of demanding that Johnny Weir be an activist. Well, I'm not demanding that he be an activist. I'm demanding that he speak up and answer the question honestly, the same as my friend that I would want him to say, you know. Activism, it's interesting to me over the years, as I, especially as I've gotten older. When, when I was younger, if it wasn't stand in your face and yell, it wasn't activism. And I think that, you know, as I've become older, there are many different shades of activism. But under no circumstances that I can think of would I ever consider wearing a spangled top a form of activism. That's just, it doesn't rise to the occasion. And after spending so many years just kind of skirting the issue and continuing to do this now, it seems much more, again, like inner homophobia to me. He's still just trying to distance himself as far as possible. And talk about it honestly. Include it. If you're able to include that you're wearing your hair in a braid because things are bad in the Ukraine, you're able to say, this really sucks for gay people. So what can Johnny do to redeem himself in your eyes, Bill? Uh, I'd like after to see the, him after the games. Ain't nothing, nothing's going to happen in the next two days. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, put me on the spot. He's got two days left. What could we ask for? <laughs> I, I would like, I would like to see Johnny actually talk about being gay in Russia. As you said, his husband is from Russia. He has plenty of contacts in there. And what is he actually hearing from gay Russians? Are are you know, what are the laws there? Educate yourself a little bit. What did he learn out of this experience? I'm really afraid, though, that that's not something we're ever going to see out of Johnny Weir. Well, it's it's, it's an interesting debate, and, and what is activism, and, and, and what is, you know, taking a stand, and, and Bill, we appreciate you joining us. It's, it's, a, it's great to have different perspectives. What, what Jim and I try to avoid is topics where we both agree, so it's great to have you on, and and mix it up with us. I kind of felt oh. like I was Terry Gann and you guys were Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir on the broadcast. I was the middleman. <laughs> but I guess that means Bill would be Tara because he's not going to be Johnny and, John, and Sid could be Johnny. <laughs> I've been called much, much worse, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, well, Hi, thanks Bill. for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah, definitely. Hey. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. Uh, well, that was, that, I mean, to Bolerico me, it's an interesting Project. debate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, read Bill's stuff on, was it Balerco? You want to spell it for people? 
is B I L E R I C O dot com. What does Bellerico stand for? Damn, I don't know. You know what? We should have asked I Bill. Wondered, <laughs> well, his first name, his first name is Bill B I L. Erico, well, maybe oh, maybe it's like maybe it's a combination. Tweet of the site with somebody's on. somebody's name is Eric and Bellerick doesn't sound right, so we added an O. Yeah, probably just like every website started like the Daily Coast, like it's way outgrown coast, but it's still the Daily Coast, and that's what you know it as. Or the Huffington Post. Exactly. With <laughs> Huffington. So uh, as we were talking, the U.S. Um, women blew a 2 nothing lead in hockey and gave up the tying goal with a minute left, so they're going to They overtime. blew it? Yep. Oh, the Canadians scored with uh, about 50 seconds to go, and they're going to overtime. Oh, my God, that's terrible. <laughs> and tomorrow the Americans play the Canadians and the Swedes and the Finns. So Now, that's one I won't get up for because the game starts at 7 o'clock, but I will tape them and try to not hear a result when I get up. Wow. So And wait, so when the, the men play the Canadians today? Uh, they play when? tomorrow. Uh, noon, well, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, so I'll be up. But uh, the, gold the gold medal, medal game, game is, is 4 a.m. Sunday. Sunday, 4 a.m. Pacific time. Well, I will not be getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I shan't be getting up, but that's one I will try to tape and not, not turn on my computer until the game's over. Uh, because wow, that's by well, far the best hockey tournament in the in, in the world, much better than the NHL. So if they had Olympic hockey every year as sort of like world hockey, to me that'd be a much. It's just a much better sport to watch. Well, I'm on my way to Miami, Jim. You're here. You're in LA for the weekend. I'm in LA, so neither of us will be dealing with much winter. So. Amen to that. And the next big event, uh, Michael Sam's draft, but that's not till May, so I know we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about between now and then. So that's all the time we have to talk about Winter Olympics, Johnny Weir, Sid Sequins, whatever else. Um, this is Jim with Sid. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.